We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of the Rotowire NBA podcast. Nick Whalen back with Alex Barutha. Uh, Alex, we're doing part two of our uh, kind of whip around coverage of all 30 teams. We ran through the East on Wednesday. We will pick up with the Western Conference here on Thursday afternoon. Uh, we covered most of the, the big news of the week prior to talking Eastern Conference last week. Uh, I think the only thing we really need to hit on from Wednesday night's games is Tyrese Halberton, who came out of the Pacers' loss to the Knicks with both a sprained left elbow as well as a bruised left knee. Uh, still undergoing some more testing, uh, but the initial indication after Halliburton left the arena on crutches last night uh, is that he will be reevaluated in two weeks. And as you know, that does not mean he will be back on the court necessarily in two weeks. Yeah, we like we talked about yesterday with Durant, you're pushing up against that all-star break. So I wouldn't, um, if you... If it takes three weeks and then closer to four, and it's like, I there's a chance, I guess, he's back before the All-Star break, but I wouldn't, let's put it this way, I would not be surprised if he was out that long, partially because these injuries sound like it's, he, he got banged up pretty bad. And it's, I mean, it's their franchise player and they, they're not going to win the title this year. If anything, they're incentivized to start losing games. So I think they're going to be as cautious as possible with him. Yeah, that's what I would think as well. I mean, we talked on Wednesday's pod about how they may have already won too many games to feel good about their chances to really get down to the basement uh, when you're talking about the Wembenyama sweepstakes. And I mean, the more I dig into the 2023 draft class, like obviously Wembenyama is a, a one-of-a-kind type of prospect, but uh, I, I think there might be like three or four guys in this draft that teams are going to want to go after. So, it, you know, it's not necessarily the end of the world if you don't get the number one pick, but we'll see. I, I think this is kind of the the catalyst that, Indiana might need to, to make a decision on where their season heads, because for the most part, I mean, they've remained pretty much healthy, right? Between Halliburton healed, you know, Miles Turner has his usual uh, kind of ins and outs, but you know, they're, they're one of the very few teams that feels like it hasn't had, you know, one of these devastating weeks long injuries to one of its stars yet. They've been healthy. They're just sort of Carlisle is 
adjusting the rotation around a bit, right? Like Jalen Smith's out of the starting lineup. It's more Neesmith trying to figure out exactly where Nemhard fits in. But with Halliburton out for a while, I think we are going to see a lot more Nemhard. He played pretty well as a starter. Mm-hmm. He's had some big games. And maybe they'll try to get Matherin more involved as a playmaker. I think we'd all like to see that. Maybe that's just not his game right now. And they, you know, they have TJ McConnell out there to just give more assist to everybody. But um, yeah, they've, they've been relatively healthy other than this. Last 10 games for Nemhard, eight and a half points, 3.2 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 1.1 steals, 1.3 threes. Uh, we'll be interested, especially to see if those assist numbers tick up with no Halliburton. I mean, minutes wise, like he's played 41, 36, 32, 34 the last four games. So I don't think we're going to necessarily see a dramatic increase there. Uh, but yeah, Matherin is the guy uh, I'm, I'm really going to be keeping an eye on for the next few weeks. And is there a chance, Alex, that one of those guys who's always kind of floating around, it feels like every year I, I have like a two-week stint where I end, end up rostering him. TJ McConnell, maybe <laughs> going to have a, a month in the sun here? He might, if anything, just to feature him a little bit because he's a, he's talk about someone who should probably be traded, right? Um, one of the better, one of the better backup point guards in the NBA, I would say. Yeah. Um, very sort of controlling because he's not a good shooter. So you have him on the floor and he's just out there passing a ton. But um, 10 assists per 36 minutes for McConnell uh, with Halliburton off the floor. So that's huge, obviously. Um, and uh, for reference, we were talking about Nemhard as well. Seven assists per 36 minutes for Nemhard with Halliburton off the floor. So I think both of those guys will probably be worth rostering in fantasy for the duration of Halliburton's absence. McConnell's going on steals too. Yes. So he's, he's been an assistant steals guy, a little Rubio-esque in that sense. Yeah, I, I think he's Rubio-esque, but he doesn't kill you in field goal percentage because he just doesn't really shoot very much at all. Right. I mean, I'm looking at the 12 games this season in which he's played at least 20 minutes. He's at 9.2 points, four rebounds, five and a half assists, one and a half steals, 52% from the field. Uh, not giving you really anything from three. That's part of the reason he's able to maintain that field goal percentage. But yeah, I, th- I think even, you know, in, in standard leagues, like if you're chasing steals, especially, I, I don't think I have any issue uh, picking him up. Like he could very easily have a, a three or a four steal game. Um, you know, that, that, that kind of buoys you there. And, you know, he's got a couple double digit assist games already on the year. So uh, short-term guy for sure. I, I don't really, yeah, I, I don't think this is like the beginning of some sort of in-season renaissance for TJ McConnell, but I think he will have some utility, Uh, but that does it for news. Let's get to the Western conference. Just as we did for the East, we will go in order of record. We'll go every other. And since I started at the top of the East yesterday, uh, I will let you lead off the West with the Denver nuggets. Yeah. Denver nuggets, number one seed right now, 28 and 13. Although I will say they are, they are tied with Memphis right now as the number one seed, but um, both teams are scorching hot too. Um, Denver's won four in a row. Um, they only have three losses since, uh, December 14th, or I should say December 16th. Um, not, Nuggets on here. I mean, I think good for them that they've gotten Michael Porter Jr. back and healthy. He was out for an extended stretch. He's been back for a while now. Jamal Murray used to be a little bit up and down, not quite look like himself. Um, it's just, I, I think. Post All Star break is going to be big for him, and other than that, you know, like there are decent market guys on this team actually that you can you can roster in fantasy, but um, you know, it's probably time to drop Bruce Brown if you've been hanging on to him, uh, unless you really think Michael Porter Jr. is going to get hurt again, which is possible. 
but they just been playing really well since Porter's been back. And um, I think you always you just gotta continue to stay patient with Jamal Murray. Yeah, Murray and Porter are are interesting cases because you know Murray, I, I think, has stayed healthier than maybe not than you'd expect, but about as healthy as you could have hoped. Uh, especially considering that you know over the summer there were still rumors that you know he was gaining confidence in that knee, and you know Porter's been in and out. It hasn't been the back with him, which I, I guess is a plus, but. Michael Porter is 100th in nine cat per game value. Jamal Murray checking in at 94th. So like it, it feels like Murray's kind of back. Like he certainly has games where he looks like he's back, but in terms of fantasy value, he's not that like borderline top 50 guy that he was before the injury. And I mean, what has it been with Porter? Like it, it like the percentages are pretty good for the most part. Um, you know, is it just like the volume is down? Like he's, you know, he's averaging under 30 minutes per game. Yeah, I think it's I think it's volume. Like he was so I mean the the thing is that the year two years ago in 2021 where he was the 43rd ranked player, not only was the volume higher, but he was shooting 54% from the field. Yeah. 79% for the free throw line. It's just like those are such absurd numbers. Um I just don't think he's gonna get back there. I think it's a little unsustainable for him. Yeah, three-point rate is up, and I think that really contributes to the the field goal percentage. He's still shooting it at like almost forty-one percent from three, but you know, two years ago, as you mentioned, he was at closer to forty-five. So, uh, on the whole, you know, I, I think obviously not great that he basically missed an entire month from late November to to mid December. But I, again, I think at, at least it's not a back issue for him. I, I just think we haven't seen like the the explosive like top end games from him. Like he does have two thirty-point games, but. You know, he's, he's scored under 20 now in eight in a row uh, heading right. into uh, Denver's next game this weekend. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a weird year for Denver. Um, Memphis, eight and two in its last 10 games, as you mentioned, technically tied with the Denver Nuggets at the top of the Western Conference. John Morant just continues every single night to, to put up huge numbers. I, I feel like he, I mean, there are, there are a handful of guys uh, in this category, but uh, he and like SGA are the two guys where every day I look at their points prop and I'm like, wow, 30 and a half. Like that, that seems really high. Like how is he just going to keep going over this? And it feels like every night it happens. Um, still though, Morant due in large part to the field goal percentage and a lack of blocks and a relatively low three point output by 2023 NBA guard standards. He's outside the top 70 in, in per game value in nine cat. Yeah. I mean, he's, there are some guys who they just don't translate that well to nine cat. And a lot of that is high turnovers. And it can also be a lack of defensive stats. Morant still only one steal per game, a third of a block, three and a half turnovers. The thing that like the three and a half turnovers to eight assists is not bad considering his volume of shooting also. But um, he's also just not a great free throw shooter. He's, he's just a classic example of like Morant's way better in real life than he is in fantasy. Um. But you know he has, I mean, he has his defensive limitations too in real life. But um, oh, I'm mostly just waiting on Desmond Bain to kind of get back in the flow. Yes, you know since he got since he's been back from that injury, he's had he's rattled off some nicer games recently. Um, but he's he's sort of yet to get that monster game um, that he had like a few of earlier in the year. Yeah, he was really, really bad as a shooter. Like his first five games back, he was like six of 30 or something from three. So I think that kind of put him in a hole. Um, but over the last nine now, since returning, he's at 17 points per game. Um, you know, defensive numbers are starting to come back. The shooting is closer to 35%. Uh, 
from three. So yeah, I, I think he'll be just fine. And then the only other note I have on Memphis is I feel like we haven't really talked about Jaron Jackson all that much, but oh, he has great. been, he's been amazing since it's coming back from injury. He stayed healthy. He's now played in 25 games. Uh, kind of feels like he's caught up to the rest of the league. Like he missed time to begin the year. Everybody else has missed five to 10 games somewhere else. Um, and now he's, he's up to 13th in, in nine cat per game value uh, due in large part to 3.2 blocks per game. Yeah. He's having a, a dominant, he's having a dominant season. Like I, I wrote in my, my trade article for this week that like it's, it's actually hard for you to lose a fantasy trade in which you get Jaron Jackson. Um, like unless you're trading some elite like Doncic or Tatum type, you're probably just winning the trade one for one, yeah. especially because he plays a position of scarcity as well. So do everything you can to get Jaron Jackson on your roster, which is, you know, obviously easier said than done. Um, let's go with the Pelicans 25 and 17, uh, but they are still missing Zion and Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram has been day to day for what, two months with this toe? He may thing, never play again. Like. He may never play again, but they'll just keep, uh, you know, we <laughs> we know the Pelicans have absolutely no history of listing guys as day to day who uh, don't end up ever seeing the floor. But, um, you know, obviously, like we're getting some huge performances out of CJ McCollum as a result. Van Shugas is playing a little bit more. Najee Marshall, I think it's just a, like a, a legitimately good NBA player. Um, but it's really just hard to evaluate this team without either Zion or or Ingram um, playing. And Zion is still set to be out for like until the end of this month at the earliest. Yeah. So you got yeah, he's, he's another all star break candidate. Yeah, he he really is because you <laughs> you got to be careful with him. But, you know, three and five over the past two weeks, given the situation is not tragic for them. But again, still third in the third in the West. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. That brings us to the team that sits in fourth in the Western Conference. Uh, despite going 5-5 five and five in their last 10, that is the Sacramento Kings, 22-18 and 18 on the year. They are fourth in offense over the last 10 games, but 27th in defense over that span, uh, coming off of back-to-back big wins over Houston and Orlando. Uh, they've scored at least 134 in each of their last three games, so you know that, that backs up those offensive numbers. Um, yeah, De'Aaron Fox, we, we kind of talked about uh, I think the last time we we did a Western Conference whip around, uh, you know, that he was starting to tail off a little bit efficiency wise from that that red hot start, and that's continued. I mean, last 15 games, like the counting stats are, are still really solid: 25 points, almost seven assists, uh, not really doing a whole lot on defense, 0.7 steals per game, um, but the percentages, you know, especially from three, are down. He's, he's still shooting it really well from two point range, so he's, he's almost at 50, percent uh, but he's at 27.5 percent from three over the last 15 games, 76% at the free throw line. So we're, we're kind of starting to see uh, that slow regression. I mean, he was, he was over 80% at the line uh, through the first like quarter of the season and slowly, but surely uh, I think kind of regressing toward that 74, 75% range that he's been sitting in uh, for the first five years of his career. The, the real concern for me with him is the steals, the steals numbers being down way down, um, way down. Like his, Basically, his entire prime, not even prime. That's crazy. Darren Fox, he's washed up already. Hasn't um, entered his prime. The, <laughs> the past few years, he's basically been like one and a half steals a game, and now he's under one. Not only that, the on-off court stats say he's like one of the worst defenders on the on the Kings. I, I don't necessarily believe that, but it's a weird mix. But he's still having a great fantasy season. Like This is still tied for his best but just basically he's been like a mid forties ranked eight cap player. And that's kind of where he is right now. Um, Sabonis continues to be a monster for them. Just playing through that broken thumb. I think it's a broken thumb, right? Uh, something like that. That was a torn ligament, fractured ligament, yeah, something like that. Uh, last thing on the Kings, Harrison Barnes starting to, to kind of do some Harrison Barnesy things. Like he got off to a really, really rough start. Um, I mean, first, First 12 games of the year, he was at 10 points per game, 41% shooting, 22% from three. Uh, But he's been great of late uh, going back to the end of November. So his last 20 games, 16 points, five rebounds, 49% from the field, 38% from three. Uh, You know, we kind of know the deal with Harrison Barnes, but he's starting to take uh, a ton more threes. I I was kind of worried that Keegan Murray would end up cutting much more into Barnes's workload, but that really has not been the case. I mean, he's a 33 to 37 minute guy for them. Harrison Barnes. He's just uh the man is immortal. Just can't get rid of him. He really is. Uh, the, the Dallas Mavericks 23 and 19, they're fifth right now in the West. Um, how, how much can you say about Dallas at this point that hasn't already been said, right? Like we understand the whole story on them. It's Lucas team, Christian Wood is starting to play more. I mean, he started the past 13 games, averaging about 20 points, eight rebounds, shooting efficiently. It's kind of what we knew he was capable of if, if given the minutes. So if you drafted him, um, I, I think you're going to start reaping more benefits at this point. But, you know, they they continue to miss Dorian Finney-Smith and they continue to miss Maxi Kleber. 
they're working through it, but there's just not a lot of fantasy value on this team. You know, Hardaway has his ups and downs. Dinwiddie is, he's fine, but he also has pretty severe ups and downs, partially based on what Doncic is doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so just not a, not a fantastic fantasy mm-hmm. targets team. One of my good friends was at the Clippers Mavericks game the other night. And he's, I asked him for his observation and he said, my only observation is that this Mavericks team would be no fun to coach whatsoever. And I, I, I don't think it's a Luca thing. I, I think like any team that kind of has this structure follows that, you know, whether it's Westbrook on OKC, Cleveland, LeBron, uh, you know, Harden in Houston, like we, we've seen this archetype before, but yeah, I like for as amazing as Doncic is. And like, I do like watching him. Like the, the Mavericks are kind of a tough watch night to night. Yeah, you just, I mean, it's its a bizarre, I mean, it's its Harden-esque, right? People hated watching Harden. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe, you know, they, a lot of people express frustration with the way he hunts fouls, which I understand. Um, but maybe they sort of weren't realizing that it's more just like the one-man show. They, they don't necessarily want to watch it, a specific brand of basketball. I mean, I think Doncic is way more entertaining and way more skilled than James Harden, so I don't have the same issues. But mm-hmm. I, I get what people mean when they say that. I mean, it's it's way less entertaining than watching like the the all, um, you know, the the hundred percent Golden State Warriors and that ball movement. Like that's just better basketball to watch. For example, no, one hundred percent. Okay, L.A. Clippers. They are twenty two and twenty one. They are three and seven in their last ten. The defense uh, going downhill a little bit. Obviously. You know, with the Clippers, it just it feels like we're going on like three straight years of just an incomplete grade. We we've not really seen their real team for any extended stretch, um, whether it's this season, last season. Uh, you know, on the Kawhi front, it actually hasn't been all that bad. I, I'm weathering the storm in stake league. I like every every week. I feel like I'm, I'm like kind of climbing. I, I have a path to getting to like 11th place right now, which honestly I would take. You know that I'm still buying, um, but I, I thought I was going to be locked into like 15th or 16th in that league. And look, Kawhi Leonard has only missed one, two, three, four, five games since December 3rd. Uh, he has played in 14 of the last 19 for the Clippers. Uh, the numbers have been very up and down during that span. They had that just like bizarre blowout loss a week ago to Denver, uh, where the game was like over midway through the second quarter. Kawhi basically didn't play at all in the second half, uh, but he was fantastic against Dallas um, uh, on, on Tuesday, played pretty well against Atlanta on Sunday as well. So, um, I'm feeling less down bad uh, about Kawhi than I was uh, a few weeks ago. He's he's almost in the top 50 now in per game value. I mean, he's been good for. I mean, he's been great for them in real life too. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, sell high now on Kawhi Leonard. Um, I <laughs> he's 195 overall in total value. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, there's just not a ton. It's like you know Marcus Morris and Norman Powell. Like those are fringe you know, 14 league guys. Zubac has not been as dominant as he was earlier in the season um, at points. Other than that, if you're rostering anybody aside from that, Godspeed. Um, the the Phoenix Suns, who are now all dropped all the way to seventh in the West amid a ton of injuries, they are... They're... <laughs> They just have too many. Like it's Chris Paul has missed the past three. Aiton has missed the past two. Booker's been out since basically uh, Christmas. Even Shamit hasn't been particularly healthy lately. And 
there's just like Mikhail, we've talked about this before. Mikhail Bridges cannot just he just he's not a put a team on my back. I'm gonna score 25 a night guy. That's just not really like who he is. Um and I they're just gonna keep losing games as long as those guys are hurt. I mean, once Paul is back, I think that'll help stabilize them, but Without those guys, it's just what uh, this team is essentially nothing. Like, what team? What team can realistically survive their best three players being out for this extended period? No, no team at all. Um, and I mean, honestly, lately it's been more than their top three. I mean, they've just been a complete skeleton crew for these last few games. They they did find a way to beat the Warriors the other night. Uh, you know, I, I think that was one that was Curry's first game back. I think Golden State probably didn't take that game seriously enough. Uh, but then we, we had like the ultimate come up in last night against Denver where they just got, they got killed. I mean, ended up losing by 29 could have been worse. Uh, you know, Jock Landale's been able to stay healthy. That, that's been big for, yeah. for the Phoenix bench. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was really ugly last night. I mean, you're asking like the starting lineup was Dwayne Washington, Tory Craig, McCall Bridges, Dario Saric and Bismack Biombo. I mean, that's, that's, that's like mm. a 2007 Charlotte Bobcats lineup. It really is. They have, they have six wins since the start of December. That's how bad it's been. Like, where, where, where are we going here? Because these injuries that we're talking about, it's not like they're all torn ACLs and they're not coming back. So, like, at, at some point, they're going to have their full team. Like, do we then do we then return to believing in the Suns? Like, I, I have no idea what to do with this team. I'm sort of out on the Suns a little. I, it's not all because of DeAndre Ayton, but the Ayton vibes are weird. Like, he's just sort of, like, on the team. Like, he doesn't want to be there. I don't know. We also really haven't seen that much of them with Cam Johnson. They're just such a bizarre team to evaluate. Yeah. The, the, I mean, the Aiton thing, they, they kind of made their own bed with that one. And it, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's ultimately kind of a role player for them. So like, I, I think if you're yeah. doing that with like the face of your franchise, obviously it's not going to work out. I, I think it makes a little more sense to say, all right, we can make it work. You know, this guy, he's like, we, we don't run everything through him. Like if he's not a hundred percent happy, we could still survive, but it, it does feel like now more than ever uh, that they're still kind of clinging to the end of a window that ultimately might be closed and they're not in the worst spot ever. I mean, they can reset around bridges and Aiton and Booker. You can always flip Aiton. I mean, I, I have no idea what Chris Paul's value would be if they tried to trade him uh, by the way, literally just got an alert right now that Chris Paul will not play on Friday. Okay. Uh, so not, not great news there. Uh, Landry Shamit will also sit out that game, but as you said, Phoenix is going to continue to slide uh, as long as Booker and Paul, especially are on the sidelines. The who are we down to? Oh, the, the Golden State Warriors, twenty and twenty-one. Yeah. Golden State Warriors, as we mentioned, Steph Curry uh, back in the lineup this week. That is a step in the right direction for Golden State. But uh, at this point, they're pretty much fully healthy. Uh, a, a few bit pieces uh, dealing with injuries, but you know should be back to the Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, Kevon Looney lineup. Like Wiggins missed a ton of time. Last month, uh, Clay, you know, always going to be in and out on back-to-backs. Obviously, Curry had his injury. For whatever reason, I, I still, if I had to choose one team to come out of the West, it would still be the Warriors. Like, as much as I love Denver, uh, I, I love Memphis and New Orleans. Uh, you know, Dallas is always going to be in the mix with Luka. But I, I still don't feel like any team has fully convinced me uh, that that they're better than the Warriors when it, when it comes to a seven-game series. I'm pretty sure their starting lineup is the best five man group in the NBA. And I think to me, to me, that's sort of the indicator that they're still a yep. contender. They're fine. Um, now their bench is like atrocious, but that's, it's hard to know exactly how much to read into that. And it could always get better in the second half. Um, but yeah, I mean, this team, like you mentioned, they're healthy now. 
I, they survived pretty well without Curry and Wiggins, actually. I'm pretty shocked at how well they did without either yeah. of those guys. So That's maybe that is – that Exactly. That's a testament to, like, maybe that those bench guys got some confidence. They took well to some coaching. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, I think they're in a good spot right now. The Utah Jazz, the 21 and 23 Utah Jazz, who have been slowly sliding down the standings, uh, they have two wins – since uh christmas so uh they have not been playing particularly well lately but um that does not uh lori marketing has not been the problem let's put it that way uh marketing continues to be a monster over the past 15 games averaging 29 and 9 shooting 52 percent from the field 41 percent from three making 92 percent of his seven free throws a game he is just like he's uh lori marketing is officially on one um, but they still, they remain without Kelly Olenek, um, who's probably going to miss about a week. Sexton is, is going to come back. Don't know how much that realistically helps them. Um, you know, we're sort of all just waiting for the, uh, Walker Kessler, Malik Beasley, um, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Taylor Horton Tucker crew to get ran out towards the end of the season. Maybe they trade those veterans. Um, but right now it's, you know, like you got a roster marketing Clarkson Kessler is a pretty much must roster. If you're in a 16 team league, maybe even 14, but they just, they just continue to slide. Yeah. I think you're right about uh, pretty much all that. I mean, they're, they've had exactly the turnaround. I think that we expected, you know, that they were what, like nine and two or something at one point to begin the year. And uh, I think they're absolutely fine with where they're at right now. And I, I remain confident that they will be in the mix for, for one of those bottom three spots. Um, I, I think they're going to hit the accelerator on that at some point, but I mean, you're right about marketing too. I mean, for, for one, maybe like, maybe should like the player of the week or the player of the month award, just be called like the on one award. Like who is on <laughs> one the most, uh, you maybe just kind of try to hip it up a little bit. Like, he's been so good. And like, look, he's, he's not going to carry a team by himself. Like you could still play Laurie marketing and lose games, but He's been so good and so effective. Like, I mean, is he on like shutdown watch? Because I, I don't think they want to trade him right now. I don't know. He he's he's like single handedly the reason that they're they even have this many wins. I think. I mean, you're, yeah. Like you're right. He's not carrying. He's not a Lori marketed led team is not carrying you to fifty wins. But it's going to if he plays this well, um, it's going to keep you around five hundred that like 35 to 45 mark, depending on how your role players play. Laurie Markkinen is 16th in VORP on basketball reference. He is 18th in win shares per game. He has basically the same mark as Zion Williamson. He is ninth in total win shares. That is ahead of Joel Embiid. That is ahead of Julius Randle. That's ahead of DeMar DeRozan. That's ahead of Giannis somehow. Um, apparently Laurie Markkinen is now better than Giannis, <laughs> but he's, I mean, he's been, Amazing. A lot of the advanced numbers, uh, you know, look at him really favorably. And I don't even know, has he even missed a single game? If he has, he's only missed one or two, which has been huge in real life um, and, and obviously huge in fantasy as well. This brings us to the 20 and 22 Minnesota Timberwolves, who lost by 17 yeah. on the road at Detroit last night. Uh, kind of a weird situation where like Anthony Edwards got hurt, was ruled out, and then ended up coming back into the game and was very clearly not 100%. Uh, to no avail. Uh, I think he kind of wanted to be the the savior and uh, kind of will the, the Timberwolves back into that game. It did not happen. 
really ugly loss for Minnesota. I, they just kind of continue to be wandering around at this point, waiting for Carl Anthony Towns to come back. They had won four in a row before that, uh, but this is still a team that I, I think everybody is pretty skeptical of overall. Um, yeah. you know, none of those wins were, were overly impressive other than beating Denver. Uh, yeah, they're, they're just kind of in the, in the mix right now. I, I think they're right now looking like more of a play-in team uh, than, than a playoff team. But at the same time, they are like a number of other teams, one and a half games away from being in sixth place. Yeah, that West, um, the the Western standings are crazy. I mean, the the difference between the, like, OKC is the 13 seed, has 23 losses. The Pelicans are the three seed and have 17 losses. Crazy. Um, so those standings are just, like, shuffling around every day. I can't believe they lost that game last night. You buried the lead. Like, yes, it was the Detroit Pistons, uh, but the Detroit Pistons, who are starting Nerlens Noel, and who got 18 points off the de- bench from Hamadou Diallo, uh, which is, um, you should probably, that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just don't believe in this team. The vibes are horrible. And uh, we talked about Atlanta's bad vibes. Minnesota is the Atlanta of the West, right? Vibes wise. I think so. Yeah, I, I think that's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. They just. They made this big trade. They had these plans. They triggered for a guy for a position they already that already was a set on the roster by a franchise player. And I just don't know what's going to solve the issues on this team. It's just it seems like both a team chemistry and fit issue. Mm-hmm. So um not a great spot to be in. Uh however, a team that I like a lot more that has fewer wins, the Portland Trailblazers are 19 and 21. Uh they have lost four in a row. Uh, not great, but uh, Dame Lillard continues to, you know, he, he's playing really well. I like people were sort of wanting, like there was a lot of worry about Dame this year, given the injury last year. And he did miss a chunk of time this season, um, which matters for fantasy, obviously, but he's, he's still the 15th ranked player per game in eight cat. Um, Nurkic is, has been playing really well lately. If you're one of those Nurkic believers who sees Nurkic play well for like three weeks, like me, I guess like he's back. Um, this has been amazing for you. And I just really like their role, guys. Um, like all these guys are rosterable. Lillard, Nurkic, Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, Anthony Simons. Like you can roster all those guys in, a, in like a 12-teamer. Um, other than that, you know, the, the role players, they kind of fall off. But um, I just, to me, this team feels like it should have some more wins. But... Yes. They missed, you know, Lillard missed that time and their bench bench is pretty bad. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, on paper, I, I kind of like some of the bench pieces. Um, I mean, it, it depends how you're judging them. It's like, are, are, is it a championship caliber bench? Definitely not. But I don't know, like on an individual basis, like I, I kind of like justice Winslow, like Gary Payton, you know, has given them almost nothing due to injuries so far. Like Shaden Sharp has had his flashes. I, I think, I think like on the wing and at forward and at center for that matter is where they're really, really thin. Like they have a bunch of names, but you know, are you really trusting Jabari Walker, Trendon Watford, uh, Drew Eubanks, Greg Brown, guys like that? Probably not. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Nurkic, like he's, he ranks much lower than I would have guessed. And, you know, he kind of does have a, a weird stat profile. Like the blocks seem to come and go every year. Um, kind of same with the steals and, you know, the free throw percentage is not great. That's really what drags him down. But 
he's had a ton of monster games of late. I mean, he had like back-to-back 19, 18 rebound games. Uh, the shot blocking of late has been there. So uh, he's also been playing through an illness for like the last few weeks. So I, I, I've been pretty impressed with Nurkic. You mentioned Grant. Uh, and then Dame, you know, the shooting has been iffy. I think he was like two of 12 from three the other night. But other than that, he's he's looked pretty much like his his former self. So that has been good to see. The LA Lakers, 19 and 22. They are just two games away from the sixth seed, Alex. It's going to happen. Uh, Anthony Davis, we're, we're still waiting on his return. But in the meantime, help could be on the way because not only are the Lakers working out to Marcus Cousins this week, they're also working out Myers Leonard. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Never man. thought we would, we would hear Myers Leonard's name again, uh, but here we are. They worked, out Cody Zeller. they worked out Cody Zeller, too. That doesn't Cody Zeller is not as uh, it's yeah. not necessarily a reason to sigh, as much of a reason to sigh about that. Um, I love I always love like the Shams of the Woj tweet on those workouts. Like they they always like puff the player up as much as possible. It's like they're working out five time All Star DeMarcus Cousins, like or the guy who's not contributed to an NBA team in like seven years. Yeah, they they worked out Cody Zeller who has two hundred and twenty starts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, they're working out a man, Cody Zeller. I seriously, if I think of Cody Zeller. Um, the most prominent thing, like if you're like, what's, what sticks out to you about Cody Seller? I'd be like, he started a lot of games for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, that would be sort of my defining feature of Cody Zeller. Yeah. I, I mean, this like LeBron keeps missing games here and there. Uh, he's always questionable. AD maybe come back soon. Um, if you've been rostering Thomas Bryant, obviously you have to be a little concerned about that. Dare I say Westbrook has played pretty well lately Dennis Schroeder? he's been he's been okay yeah Dennis Schroeder you know he's been he's been playing yeah. all right but they're Kendrick missing Reeves. Game the other night yeah they're missing Reeves and Lonnie Walker still which is actually it's actually really big for them um but yeah they're climbing up the standings you know once yeah. they get AD back it's gonna get interesting um the OKC Thunder who just are are allergic to being bad apparently Yep. Um, have won three of the past five games. Um, they lost a very close one against the Miami Heat, which I think we touched on in our in our last podcast. Um, I Shea Gilgis Alexander continues his ridiculous run. Josh Giddy has looked very good lately. Um, over the past fifth, excuse me, fourteen games, seventeen points, nine rebounds, six assists, shooting fifty one percent from the field, and a very nice forty percent from three on three attempts per game. That's huge for him. He still needs to get to the free throw line more, but um, you don't have to be too, I mean, his passing vision is, is fantastic. Uh, the, the good Jalen Williams has been showing off some stuff lately as well. Um, he's just been a staple in the starting lineup for the past month or so, averaging like 13, four and three with a, with a steal and a half. Um, he looks pretty good. Interested to see what sort of, what they let him do towards the end of the year, depending on what OKC's vision is. But um, this team, they keep hanging around the playoff picture just because of the way the West is. Yeah, I don't think they really want to. And it it, it kind of worries me that they, you know, it feels kind of crazy to say they keep winning this many games when they're 13th in the West, but they're only five games below 500. And that, that worries me as far as like, what are they going to do to make sure that they get into that bottom three? Because they're, <laughs> I mean, they're significantly trailing the Rockets, Hornets, and Pistons at this point. Um, so I, I well, well, I actually know they're not that. Eh, no, they are that far behind, and they're and they're behind the Spurs. I was looking at the wrong team. Yeah, so I mean, they they need to make up some ground. Uh, the Magic have fewer wins than them as well. 
so that, yeah, I mean, I, I think we kind of came into the season with some more optimism as far as, you know, maybe avoiding a third straight shutdown for SGA, a second straight shutdown for Giddy. Where do you stand on that right now? I, they're, you met, you're right. They're dead. They're like, they're too far out of that bottom tier. I think where you are, have the highest odds. Um, again, I, I mean, I don't know what they'll actually do, but my stance on this, this year has been SGA has been too good for you to not start exploring what that looks like in the playoffs in a playoff setting. I think you're doing a disservice to him um and to the franchise and to the fans by just like he he has played that well it's like we have you just have to know at some point and even if you want to trade him um you have to show other teams like this is what this guy can do in the playoffs when uh, the opposing team is locked in focused on stopping him uh so that's i would i would just let whatever happens happens organically yeah, I think they are in that spot with SGA, and it's an interesting point because it always felt like he was right on that borderline, if not slightly below it. And I mean, it was to the point where we were talking about like, is he too old for their timeline? Like, would they trade SGA and try to get even more picks or get somebody younger? And I always thought that was kind of crazy, but you're right. I mean, now that he's he's in the conversation as like a top ten guy in the league, um, I, I think you you kind of you have your guy in place, like the the savior that OKC has kind of been looking for in all these trades and drafts. Like, you, you might have him already. And, you know, yeah, you, you obviously want to get a shot at, at landing Weminyama or Scoot Henderson or Eamon Thompson or whoever it is. Uh, but I, I think when you have SGA in place, it makes it easier to kind of back off of that. And we haven't even mentioned that, you know, you're adding Chet Holmgren back to the mix next year as well. So, like, I mean, SGA, Giddy, Holmgren, that, that's a pretty nice big three. And you have all these picks coming these next few years. You know, you can leverage those. You can trade up. You can trade for an established player. Like, they're – they're in a great spot no matter what. Like it's not like get it's not like they have to get a top three pick in this draft or everything's a failure. I agree. All right. Last team for me, the San Antonio Spurs, 13 and 29. Oh, oh boy. I, I will say at least the Spurs have probably the two my two favorite uniforms that are currently in circulation. And there's a lot of good ones. Uh those throwback like George Gervin era black and silvers that they've been wearing quite a bit. I am a huge fan of those. And then, of course, the the jerseys that kind of look like the All-Star Game jerseys from the 90s uh, yeah. that are new this year. Big, big fan of those. Other than that, not a lot of great things to say about San Antonio. They are allowing the most points per game since the 1990-91 Denver Nuggets. 121 points per game. That Nuggets team, by the way, somehow allowed 130.8 points per game. Wow. Uh, but San Antonio, I mean, they're far and away the highest since then. Uh, ironically, the Detroit Pistons, this year's Detroit Pistons are, are not too far behind. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty bleak in San Antonio. I, I think a lot of people coming into the year questioned, you know, does pop want to coach a tanking team, that whole thing. And, uh, to me, the answer is yes. And now I'm wondering, it's like, if, if they get Wembenyama, does that like reinvigorate pop? Like, does he stick around for a few years to, to try to develop him? It might, uh, you never know. I, I also never thought I'd see like Rick Carlisle coaching a, a like a the Pacers, um, although they're obviously better than than we expected them to be. But um, yeah, I mean, with Devin Vassell out, this team is only going to just fall farther and farther, you know, because they're just replacing it with like Malachi Branham and yeah. um, who uh, Romeo Langford, and they're 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 throwing out Stanley Johnson, like they're they're giving Stanley Johnson a flyer, which kind of tells you where they're at. But uh, as we as we've mentioned many times, Jakob Pertl is on trade watch. 
Josh Richardson is on trade watch. Doug McDermott is on trade watch. Uh, pretty much everybody over the age of, of 25 is on trade watch on this team. Uh, yes, that is correct. And I, I continue to be very worried about my, my Yaka Pirtle shares, uh, especially in stake league, but all right, take us home with the 10 and 31 Houston Rockets. My God. Um, this team should not be this bad. I just want to say, um, they, wow, man, they have one win since, uh, December 15th, a single win, but Shangoon became the uh, youngest. Was it the youngest center to post a triple double the other night? Uh, so congrats to the 20 year old. Yeah. Anthony Edwards was heaping praise on him. He was, said they need no, to build around Shangun. I, I thought that was one of those fake ball sack, qu- uh, sports quotes. So did I. So did um, I. and I was like, Whoa, this is crazy. Um, there's been kind of a lot of people taking shots at Jalen green and Kevin Porter lately. It's been excessive. Actually. I cannot believe Steven Silas still has a job. Um, for the love of God, free Tari Eason. He's so good. And they just Silas reminds me of like the first coach in coach Carter, the one who coach Carter takes <laughs> over for, who's just like way in over his head and just done with it. It's uh, yeah. It's sort of how like Steve Kerr took over for Mark Jackson. And everyone's like, Oh my God. Who uh, is, who, who did that? Was it the nuggets who hired uh, Brian Shaw? And there was just like an internal revolt midway through the year. Um. That's not Good ringing list. a bell, but I assume you're right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he's 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 in that that same vein. So I, listen, I if you're safe if you're rostering almost anybody on this team because they're all young and this team cannot tank any harder than they're already tanking. They're already at the bottom. So if you have anybody in this roster, it can I guess it can only get better. I don't I don't really know, but um, Eric Gorgon hopefully gets traded. But his contract's crazy. Um, Free Tari Eason. That's my final word on it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if, if it's going to get any better just because there are three teams that are within like three games of Houston. So, you know, they're, they're off to a nice start here uh, when it comes to tanking, but they, you know, the job is not done. They're, they're going to need to keep this up to, to hold off the Pistons and the Hornets and the Spurs. Uh, big win by Detroit, you know, last night against Minnesota for, for Houston's purposes. Uh, but that'll finish out the Western Conference. I just have one bit of news to pass along and then we'll get out of oh. here. Uh, the city of Miami has chosen a temporary title for the name of the arena, which of course was FTX arena. And as we know, that will no longer be the case. It will now just be called the arena. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's Miami heat culture, baby. All right. The arena. (laughs) I kind of like it. Like, I I wish that would be the permanent name. Like, it's just. You know, it's like, where, where are you heading tonight? I'm going to the arena. And like, the you, arena. You don't have, there's no confusion. Like, you're going to the arena. It's, it's the very much one. like a Washington football team vibe. Yes, exactly. 